A group of entitled British teenagers try to steal my motorcycle right as I'm going into a store to try and get some food, but I ended up getting the last laugh as I got the police involved and got them put in jail. Here's what happened. So let me tell you the tale of these two punk kids and their terrible parents. To really set the stage though, allow me to talk about these two geniuses and their friends. So they were part of a group of around 10 kids, aged 12 through 15 years old, and these kids were your typical group of young British teenagers who always spent their time together, committing various degrees of criminal mischief and occasionally crossing a line to more serious crimes. Now, the reason I paint you this picture is so that no matter what, you can understand that what happens next means that I'm not the jerk. So I'm a delivery driver for Uber Eats and I drive a motorbike. It's a big bike for sure, despite only being about 500 cc's. So I park up at a popular spot for both the delivery drivers who work there as well as the kids who are locals to the area. So I go into the nearby KFC to pick up a another order for the night. As I do, two of these little brats decide that they like my bike, so much so that they wanted to see if they could play a real-life version of GTA, and my bike just happened to be the vehicle of choice. So I'm in KFC, waiting for the order, and they are jumping on the bike, thinking that it would be easy. One of them even sticks a penknife into the ignition barrel on the bike, and ends up starting the engine. One of the other drivers pops his head inside the store, and shouts at me, telling me that someone's trying to steal my bike. I immediately run outside just in time to watch the kid in the driver's seat kick off the side stand on the bike. Now here's the thing when you ride a motorcycle. You need to plant a foot on the ground to support the weight of the bike before pushing off. You need to set the gears and it's impossible to do so and not keep a foot on the ground. So himself as well as a passenger, both without any kind of helmets on mind you, and they are on a bike that weighs about four to five times heavier than both of them. Between himself, the bike, and his friend, it was way too much weight that he needed to hold up and because he didn't know what he was doing the second he kicked off the side stand, it toppled over on him. His friend was thrown off the bike and half his leg and torso was stuck underneath the bike. The second that he dropped, his fellow friends booked it down the street and abandoned him and his friend. I called the cops and an ambulance while canceling my KFC pickup order. I checked on the friend and he was not looking good. Now, the police had gotten good at responding to these kids just because of how much trouble they were and these two little brats proved to be big trouble indeed. As the way they acted next absolutely blew my mind and truly astonished me. So to provide some context about these kids, the police have responded to these kids over 120 times in under a month for a whole litany of crimes ranging from trespassing to much worse crimes that could end you up in jail. In fact, in the past week, they responded to 10 different vandalism calls. So they see these two geniuses on the ground with me trying to do my best to make sure that they're okay. The police asked me what happened and I say, well, they tried to steal my bike and found out it's not the same as the video games. They don't know it yet, but I'm pressing charges and they're facing consequences this time. I wasn't really bothered about being nice as they did try stealing my living and my pride and joy. The cops looked stunned by my disregard for the fact that they were dealing with two young people who looked like they were not doing well. The cop then asked me and says, are you sure you want to do that? It looks like they're not doing good and they are just kids after all. I look at him sternly and I say, yes, their age does not negate the fact that they committed serious crimes. The second cop that was with them began to plead their case, stating that I'm going to ruin their lives somehow. But I came back at them and said, they don't even go to school. They commit crimes on the daily and all you have to do is issue the order and you can take care of this. It's time for real consequences. So do your job and start reading them their rights. The cops didn't like my tone, but understood my anger and proceeded to read the kid under the bike his rights, right as the ambulance pulled up. Eventually, the parents of these kids had been 
been alerted to the situation. After the police called them to show up to the scene, they were driving pretty recklessly and parking in a bus stop. They run in and they see their kids. The father looks at me and actually asks me why I'm arresting them, stating that they're just stupid kids and that they will pay for any damages. But I looked at him and I said, I'm having them charged because they aren't going to learn any other way. You're also paying for the damages regardless of the outcome of this day. The father then tries to say that he's only going to pay for the damages if I drop the charges. And thankfully for him, the cop chimes in and says, sir, I'd advise you pay for the damages because it might help him in sentencing. The mother then pipes up and asked how much time he could get without them paying. And I jumped in right then and said four years easily. The mother went pale. She started blubbering about how I couldn't do this to them. He was just a kid. But I stated again that he's a criminal and he needs to face the consequences of his actions. Now, the phrase I hated the most was that they're just kids. It did nothing but upset me. Where I grew up, if you messed up, you owned it and you took the steps to make amends. No excuses, even if you were just a kid. In my book, the excuse was nothing but a cop out. And the reason that these entitled kids and their friends felt emboldened to commit nonstop crimes. It was the cheapest form of entitlement and these kids needed to learn a lesson once and for all. In the end, one of the kids was charged with being an accessory to all the crimes, while the other kid was charged with theft of a motor vehicle as well as vandalism after he recovered. And that was before the police started taking complaints in the dozens about them, as well as all of their friends, all of which were promptly rounded up and charged as well. The parents paid for the damages to the bike to help reduce the sentencing and tried to argue that the kid had done enough to appease the law. In total, the kid who tried to drive my motor vehicle got two years in juvenile detention with a three-year probation. The other kid got six months with an 18-month probation. The rest of the kids got anything ranging from hundreds of hours of community service to four years in juvenile detention based upon the amount of crimes that were pressed upon them. Between the 10 of them, they racked up a grand total of 127 charges that they pleaded down to three charges each. Now, some might think that I was too harsh in all this, but two years on and the two kids who once tried stealing my bike were going to school finally. They apologized genuinely for their criminality and are doing better overall. So all in all, they learned their lessons and they were set to try and succeed more despite their past behavior. The moral of the story is when you excuse bad behavior, it allows for someone to become incredibly entitled. And when you punish it, it can stop people from acting worse before they cross serious lines. I am right there with the original poster. I don't think you're the jerk in the slightest. If someone tried to steal my motorcycle that I use, by the way, for my day-to-day activities, as well as my way of making money, you better believe I would be all over that and charging them to the furthest extent of the law. There is absolutely no way I would let that slide in the slightest. And I really think the original poster has it right, in my opinion. Letting this kind of behavior slide and just letting them off the hook simply because of their age is only doing them a disservice. Saying that they're just kids is really a cop-out. It really is in my eyes. And it only allows these kids to continue getting away with serious crimes. So good for the original poster for putting their foot down and putting all these people in their place and forcing for some kind of change. Considering how many charges were brought against them in the first place, it's pretty apparent that you did your community a lot of good by standing your ground and doing what needed to be done. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. An entitled dad cuts in line at a movie theater, holding everybody up in line as he claims that he's a VIP and that he has every right to be up front. Here's what happened. So my wife and I went to see the second Avatar movie a couple of weeks ago. We went to get some popcorn and there were a couple of other families in the snack area getting food. At our theater, there is a line separate for VIPs as well as a line 
fine for us regular folks. There is a clear sign for the two separate lines, and the line tape is different colors. If nobody is there, obviously it doesn't really matter what line you go through, but if there are people waiting in line, you should go through the correct line. At the checkout, there's only one register open. We get in the register line and wait for the person in front of us to finish. It takes a little while as it seems the cashier, as well as the person checking out, know each other from somewhere, which is honestly no big deal. As we are waiting, one family gets in line next to us in the VIP line. This is completely fine if they paid extra to get checked out faster. And if that's the case, then they should be able to go in front of us. The problem is, I can hear one of the kids telling what I assume is their dad that they got in the wrong line. But the dad doesn't say anything and decides to stay put. So when the cashier is free, as you probably already guessed, the dad rushes to the register ahead of my wife and I. I start to get annoyed when I realize this family doesn't have everyone's stuff yet. They still have people walking about, getting their snacks, and are not actually ready to check out. He is still trying to list off things that they are getting, but they don't have everything there yet. So the employee states that they can't finish the transaction. Another employee eventually comes along to try and help out. Now at this point, I ask the employee if they can just open up another register, since there was a decent line behind my wife and I now. The employee tells me they must take care of the VIP individuals first, but I'm honestly not sure why that prevents another register from being opened. Instead of commenting that, I point out that this group is not a VIP group, but instead, they just use the VIP line to cut in front of us. The dad then fires back at us by saying that it's no big deal since there wasn't anyone in either line when they got there, which is a complete bold-faced lie. I responded that no, pretty sure we were here before you, and they don't even have everything together in the first place. So now, we have the employee just standing there because they didn't want to do anything, with this entitled dad still in the way without all the things that he is buying and a line continuing to get longer. Thankfully, a third employee comes and opens up a second register, which we finally use to check out. Now, I actually enjoy certain types of movies at the theater, but experiences like this are why I prefer to just watch at home most of the time. There was no good reason for this guy to hold up the other people besides just trying to be entitled. Yeah, that would probably drive me nuts as well. I think the worst part about movie theater sometimes is other people that are ruining the experience. It's hard enough nowadays just trying to avoid spoilers or anything that might ruin the movie for you in general since everything is online within seconds of it coming out. But then you have entitled people like this who basically act like the movie theater is their personal home theater and they could do pretty much whatever they want. So yeah, I'm with the original poster here. The dad in the story was super rude. They absolutely cut in line and they lie to the employee just to get their way. And why would they make everybody else wait in line instead of just opening up another register? Like that's not fair for anybody. That sounds like a terrible system to be honest. And it's completely counterintuitive just to hold everybody up for some VIP that's not actually a VIP. I mean, don't they have like some kind of card to prove you're a VIP or something? But either way, entitled people like this seriously need to get their act together because there's truly no good reason to act this way. My coworkers are accusing me of nepotism. And after spending so much time at this restaurant, I honestly don't know how to respond or what to do. So basically, long story short, I'm technically the product of nepotism. I was 15 and my mom was a server. She said, hey, do you want your first job? You can be a hostess. And so I did just that. Every summer from 15 until 18, I took off to go ahead and help out. Well, when I was 19, I hadn't done the summer I graduated. My mom had graduated to bartender and then moved on to another bar, which ultimately didn't end up working out. So she went to our original bar's sister location because it was closer to where she moved. That summer, I came to help out and I got asked if I wanted to have a full-time job. And I said yes. Now, 
Now, I did everything. Hostess, busser, food runner, dishwasher. I turned down being a server many times in the first year because I was happy to be somewhat behind the scenes, but also be able to take control when I was hosting. I basically just like to make everything else run smoother. Fast forward to 2020. I had now been a server and fill-in bartender when COVID shut us down. Our sister location closed down for many financial reasons that would have eventually happened within a few years if not for COVID. In that time, my mother and another co-worker had become managers, so the two locations ended up getting merged, and it was mostly just the people who wanted to stay from the sister location. It was about 20 miles away, so we did have a lot of people leave. When we opened back up in June, they worked with three managers until one left. So now I'm working under my mom and the other manager. Mind you, we've been working in the same company, but it wasn't corporate. So my mom has not really been my boss for a whole 10 years, but now she is. And while I wasn't in a leadership position, I always had my manager's ear because I was the longest employee there. Him and I got along well. I was the advocate for server relations when him and I would have a drink together every week. When they came over, we found out that they did some cocktails or specials a little bit different. There was a learning curve and my mom would fight me on this because she was stubborn, but then give in because I explained regardless of how you're doing it, I've been here forever and this is how they expect us to do it. Now she's showing me things not necessarily related to my job, like the computer as well as the selling prices and stuff like that, as well as the other manager too. And some people think it's because I'm her daughter, but don't seem to get the fact that I've been here for a long time and I've been here about four years longer than the closest person to me in years. In fact, these people have always defaulted on asking me things when our previous manager wasn't around because I'm the senior. It just seems like now that my mom is back, they think I'm getting special treatment. And at this point, I simply don't know what to do. I do not think it's nepotism in the slightest. Clearly, you have shown that you're the best person for the job and you are clearly the most qualified. You earn this. It doesn't matter what these people say. And it also doesn't matter that your mom is your boss. That is legitimately completely irrelevant. So I would not let these people's comments affect you in the slightest. You clearly know what you're doing and you probably have a good future in management. My fiance doesn't help out around the house in the slightest and it's leaving me feeling exhausted and really questioning whether or not I want to stay with him. And at this point, I don't know what to do. My fiance and I bought a home together within the last six months. Prior to this, we were long distance, about two hours from each other for eight to nine years. We both had our own things we were working on in that time, both academically and professionally. We both didn't think that we would be that way for that long, but that was how it worked out. I wanted to be married before buying a place together, but that didn't happen, and I am actually happy about that now because I'm seeing that this relationship might actually not be something I want to continue. I always thought of him as a great life partner. For the most part, he is supportive of me, and I of him. Our communication has not been great, but we are working on that. He is really handy with things around the house, able to fix plumbing, electrical, likes to work on different things. I always knew this about him. In buying this house, we had to paint the whole place top to bottom. Originally, we were going to paint it ourselves. I was really down for it and I wanted to do it and I knew it would take a little bit. Then he decided that he didn't want to do it. Now, I couldn't paint it all by myself, so I hired a painter to do it for about $6,500. Now, I'm realizing his whole thing is he likes to do all the stuff above, but he really doesn't want to do it and he's just incredibly lazy and it will take ages to do something. I don't want to have to be like his mom and keep asking him for something to be done. Mom is not a role I want to be at all. We went without a mirror in our downstairs bathroom for months when he had the materials needed to hang it up and just didn't do it until Christmas. 
Christmas since we were having family there. This is the bathroom I primarily use because I don't want to disturb him on his days off in the morning, getting up early and getting ready. He knows this and knew there was no mirror there for a good four to five months since the painter was there and had removed it. He isn't thoughtful or caring and writing this down and thinking about things, I'm just not realizing this. There is no caring from him at all. I was sick in November and not once in the time I was sick did he offer to make any meals or walk our dog. At one point, my mom invited me to her place and let me rest there for a few days. I slept the entire day because I was so tired and really not getting any rest at home. For Christmas, we hosted for the first time and guess what? He didn't help out at all. In fact, never once did he ask anyone if they wanted drinks or even pass around appetizers or really do anything. He just sat there the entire time. I made the whole turkey dinner with fixings, made lasagna and three homemade desserts and so on and so on. After a whole day of preparing, cooking, hosting, he didn't even offer to take the dog out for me that night. I feel like if you really care for someone and you love them, you shouldn't have to ask them to do basic caring things. He should just do them. If I didn't make 95% of our meals, he wouldn't eat. We do the occasional takeout on days that he's off and he has cooked a few times. Sometimes we will have leftovers from what I've made the night or two before. On weekends when I'm off, I'm always the one making us breakfast. He never once has gotten up and made it himself. He doesn't typically eat breakfast on his own, even during the week. But he knows that I do, and he has never been thoughtful and just made us both breakfast. I've made his lunches too, because I feel bad he won't eat during the day. But this too, he could get up and make for himself early, or make it the night before. I'm tired of leaving the house to go to work. The dishwasher has all clean dishes in it, ready to be put away. And I come home, and the clean dishes are still in there, with the dirty ones in the sink. And I can tell you undoubtedly where he is the moment I walk in the door, laying on the couch with his phone glued to his hands. It's literally the same position he is in every night I get him from work, or any time I'm out and I come back home. I could make a bet and win every time that this is where he is going to be. So honestly, I'm at a loss. Would you call it quits if you were in my situation? I can't see the rest of my life being like this. I don't feel like I can depend on him. If he is this way now, I can't even imagine throwing a baby into the mix, even just thinking hypothetically down the road. I can see it all now. I mean, he once got up in the morning to take the dog out for me, and this was after asking him to do it, because I was running late that morning. Besides that, I walk the dog day and night. I don't want to have to ask him to walk the dog. I just want him to do it. But instead, I have to tell him to do it. I just feel so over every aspect of this. I feel like I'm the only one doing things here, and it's really getting tiresome. What should I do? I can see where your frustration's coming from. It sounds like he's just not pitching in enough, and it seems like you're doing a lot of the heavy lifting in this relationship. So I would honestly start with trying to talk to him and say, hey, I need you to step up in these ways and see where you go from there. Like, maybe some change could be made. Maybe he just doesn't realize that these things need to be taken care of. And I know that sounds really stupid, but it sounds like he might be accustomed to you just doing it on your end, and he doesn't feel the need to step up and take care of it. So maybe explaining to him that you would really like him to pitch in more and do more around the house, as well as show some care towards you and your well-being, could really go a long way. Who knows, he very well could step up to the plate and say, oh, of course, let me step up, sorry about that. Like, you never know. Because I really don't think expecting him to do anything, or even just hoping that he'll change in some way, is in any way, shape, or form going to cause any kind of positive result. And I seriously think it's just going to take you talking to him to hopefully spur him on and get him more involved. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To 
To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.